Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people. We gather on this first Sunday of Advent. We come to worship. We come to, to hear and to enter your presence. We ask that you'd speak to us today. And may we respond. We ask this, Lord, in your Son's name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A question that's always looming over our heads, a question I remember wondering often as a child, and a question that often frightens us when we think about it too much, is when will Jesus return? Even at my kids' young age, they've already asked us questions about this. They've uh, heard us talk about how the babies we lost are with Jesus, and how they will, when Jesus comes back, they will resurrect with him. And then, so the kids want to know when that'll be. And they, they think it might be soon or, I mean, Abraham, when he talks about it, he, he assumes that it'll happen in a time frame where the kids can ha share a bedroom with him. And then Annette will say, Abraham, it might not be for a long time from now. So they're even having their own little debates about that. But it's something that we think about. Or it's something that we choose just not to think about. But it's there in our minds. When will Jesus return? And it's one of those really uncomfortable ideas. Because what it forces us to do is to live in this life where we know, well, Jesus could be back at any time. So we are supposed to be mindful of that. But then we also know that he hasn't come back for over 2,000 years, and so maybe he never will. So it's easy to just put it out of our mind and say, it won't happen tomorrow. It didn't happen today. It's not going to happen any day. And it becomes this awkward sort of uncomfortable thought process. Like I said, or we just completely ignore it. Those are sort of the categories of the way it goes. And this is where Advent steps in because it forces us to think about it. It forces us to be mindful and to talk about it or at least to have a, a service of worship centered around thinking about when will Jesus come. And what it also does is it gives us this opportunity to talk about words that are important and ideas as we think about when will Jesus come. And the hope with Advent also is to sort of not normalize it, but to make us more comfortable. To, be, to, to realize that we can think about Jesus coming, we can be aware of it, and we can live with that in mind. And that's what the passages do today. They, they push us to consider that Jesus will arrive. And then they also push us to a question. So if he's coming, they push us to ask, for us to ask, are we ready for his arrival? And this is what Advent's about. It's about acknowledging that we're waiting for the celebration, the birth of the king, Christmas. But we're also really, we're still waiting for him to come back and what that means for his people in the meantime. So if you take out your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 24, this is the passage that pointed from the Gospels for today. So that's Matthew 24, and it's verses 36 through 44. So if you want to follow along in the Bible, Matthew 24 verse 36 starts on page number 1412 here in the Pew Bible. Chapter 24, verse 36 through 44. So that's where we're going to be at today. 
But before we get there, we have to sort of set the stage. And we set the stage today with that passage from Romans. So we need to understand that Romans is a book written to a group of Christians in Rome. Paul's never been there. He knows that it's a church of Gentiles and Jews. Now what happened in Rome a couple years before this book was that one of the emperors was unhappy with the Jews. He sent all of them out of the city. So no Jews could live in the city of Rome. So there was churches, and when those Jews left, it was just the Gentile Christians, the non-Jews. And then what happened was that emperor ended up dying, and the next one rose to power. He did away with that. So now the Jews come back. They come back to their churches, to their communities, and things are a lot different. And Paul is trying to help these churches sort through that. And so what he's doing is he's talking about a practical life as followers of Jesus. And he says in that context, this section here from chapter 13, verse, starting with verse 11. And this is what he says. And do this, understanding the present time. And the present time is, this is the situation you're in. He says, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first, when we first believed. The light is nearly over, or the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. So Paul is very much aware that there's a lot of issues in this congregation. And he also knows that it's not easy to be Christians in the city of Rome. So earlier in chapter 13, he actually is talking to these Christians about being good citizens and not causing problems for the local government. And then he goes on to say, because the time is soon when the night will end. And he's using this metaphor to talk about the time when Jesus will return. The time of salvation, of rescue is close. And the other metaphor he uses is that the hour is present to wake up from your slumber. So that is actually, so he uses the metaphor for two different ideas. First, he talks about waking up from your slumber, which is about being aware of your need to be saved and to be aware of the situation that Jesus is coming. And then he says the hour is coming when the darkness will end, and that is about when Jesus will return. And so in both of these situations, Paul is basically saying, you need to be ready because Jesus is coming. So all of those issues that you have, put them aside so that you can be united as the churches in Rome. So before we go any further, we need to understand, even in the first century, Paul had this urgency that Jesus could come at any moment. So he encouraged the churches that he led to be ready. We need to have this same urgency because we really don't know. And Advent it's about being ready for that return. And it's about being ready at any time. So the question becomes, well, how do we get ready? And that's what Paul talks about here. Starting in verse 13, he says, let us behave decently in the daytime. And he has this list of things. And he says, rather close yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, the reason I'm not bothering to read all of the things, we already read it once. What Paul is really trying to get to is this idea right here. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is how you get ready. You put away all of these old things you used to do as Gentiles, and you realize that as followers of Jesus, you have to live a certain way. 
A certain type of life is important because when Jesus comes back, we need to be ready. And this is important because it can be often feels if we're left here and we're forgotten. That Jesus forgot us. But he didn't forget us. He left us here with a purpose. We are already part of his kingdom. And even though he hasn't returned to complete what he started, he has started the ball rolling. And we all get to jump on and be a part of it. So how we live matters because we're already following him as king. And so we start to live as the people of the kingdom now. Advent reminds us that Jesus will return and that living in obedience now isn't wasted time. So this is good advice, but is there more that we should be doing? And can we sort of maybe be ready by looking for the signs? Because that's what everyone wants to know. They want to know the signs. They want to know when. They want to be ready. And that's what our passage from Matthew, this is our appointed text for, for the gospel today. This is what Matthew is all about. Starting in verse 24, or chapter 4, 24, verse 36. This is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. But about the day or the hour, no one knows. So right here at the outset, Jesus says, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, myself, me, Jesus, but only the Father knows when I will return. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with the hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. So that's a reference to what happens when armies come. When armies march on a city, there's people outside the city, they capture them. And what Jesus is, he's implying here is the sort of the nature of what it's like when he comes. But what's important here is for us to realize that we can't find signs. So what we shouldn't be doing is saying, when is he coming and trying to figure it out? That's not what Jesus wants us to do. He doesn't want us to try to predict his return. He wants us to be ready in other ways. And that's when he starts to say here in verse 24. Therefore, keep watch. This is what we can do. Keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus says, you're not going to be able to figure it out. But don't. Instead, you have to always be ready. And so he says, keep watch. There isn't space for complacency while we wait. There's always urgency. Now churches have the church throughout history or Christians have had this idea of keeping watch. And what they do is they'll have the watch where the people will stay up overnight for certain important moments. And that is one of the ideas here. But the idea is more every day realizing, are we keeping watch for Jesus? If we think about it, 
There was a day and time when keeping watch was a necessity for everybody. You didn't have door locks. You didn't have security systems. There wasn't laws that sort of kept people at bay. So you had to keep watch. Someone had to always be watching. If you were outside at a campsite, if you were a small town in a little place, you had to keep watch. We might think that we're safe, and it's not that we're not safe, but we have to always be ready. So we must keep watch. And so this is what Advent comes down to. It comes down to this idea that Jesus will come, so we keep watch. That's just what it's assumed. Advent is about keeping watch. Every year in the church calendar, it starts that way. It starts with us keeping watch. And it's a specific time when we get to keep watch, but it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes central to how we live. Jesus will come so we keep watch. So this question does loom over us though. Is it worth it? And this is what anybody who doesn't follow Jesus wants to know. Why should I give my life to this? If I'm going to have to change all of these things and be different, is it worth it? And if we just turn to a slight, a small passage from the Isaiah passage, we get the answer we're looking for. This is what Isaiah is talking about when he says the day of the return of God's people to glory. Many people, many people will come and say to the mountain of God, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. That right there is what Jesus is talking about. I will show you how to live in my kingdom so that you will, may walk in his paths. Follow Jesus. The law will go out from Zion. The Lord, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge right here between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will no longer take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Now, we don't have a real sense of war. We've had horrible wars in the last hundred years of our human existence. Some of you might know what that's about. A lot of us don't have a real sense. But war epitomizes the human situation. Nations do fight. And it's always horrible. And this is what Jesus says. Or this is what Isaiah is talking about when Jesus' return is finally here. Those days will forever be gone. There will no longer be humans fighting one another. There will be unity, peace, and harmony. And God will again show us how to be humans who worship and partner with him in the world. And that is exactly the call. And that's why every person in the world should hear this message and want to be a part of it. Because we don't want there to be any more human destruction. We want peace and justice. And the kingdom of God brings peace and justice. There's only one answer for all of the problems in the world, and it's Jesus. His kingdom, his way, his rule, his power, him. His terms. And this is why we wait. 
So on the first Sunday of Advent, we can know that Jesus is coming so we keep watch. We won't know when he's going to come. We can't know, but we can keep watch. And we know it's worth waiting because the only hope for all of the world is for Jesus to come. And he will come, so we keep watch. Keeping watch is a yearly thing that Advent helps us to do. So one of the best ways to keep watch is daily prayer and scripture reading. Every day, I know it's not easy. I don't do it every day either. It's a hard habit to build into your life. But it is the best way to keep watch. And then when you follow the calendar, you go through the different feelings and emotions and faith movements, and you keep watch. Now, the way that we're going to help you do that this year during Advent is you all should have been given one of these. Or actually, every family. We don't have enough necessarily for every person. But the Spiritual Council has picked up one of these for every family here at Salem. And this is the same setup. If you were for Lent, we gave one of these to everybody. So it's the same setup. It's just, uh, this is for Advent. So every day of Advent, there's a reading. There's a little prayer. Excuse me. So everyone has one of these. So one way that you can start to wait, and you can keep watch, is just use that every day with your family. If you're, you know, if you're married with your spouse, or you can use it on your own. Every day there's a reading, there's a couple prayers, there's at the beginning of every week, there's a thought. There's different ways that it engages you to just be think thoughtful. And all of the readings come from the Advent readings throughout the year. So on the Sundays, it will be the readings that we use in here. And it's just a way for you to keep watch. It's one tool but it's a start. So I challenge everybody to do that this year, to use the Advent devotional to help you keep watch. This is the beginning of the season of Advent, and what we must not forget is that Jesus is coming, so we keep watch. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people. And we think about this message of Advent. That your son is coming and his return will bring this hope of peace and unity. Lord, we realize that, the, that your people have been hoping for that time for many, many years. And the other side of Advent is we get to celebrate here in a couple weeks that your son did come to begin to finish the story. So we do get to celebrate that he's arrived. Something that many, many of your people for many years before didn't get to celebrate. We do get to celebrate that. But we recognize that we still wait. So help us while we wait to keep watch. To be alert and vigilant to prepare our hearts and minds to always daily follow you and serve you and be ready. Knowing that the wait is worth it because you are the one hope for the world. We ask that you be with us today, Lord, in this week as we wait and watch. And be with us this season as we go together as the congregation 
through the process of waiting for the four Sundays of Advent before we celebrate together your son's birth. Be with us, Lord. We ask this in your son's name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.